Here's a sneak preview from today's episode. If we ignore that energetic and spiritual piece of ourselves, then I think that's what perpetuates this feeling of disconnection and um, the sometimes just indolent unhappiness that we have throughout our human and Western lives. Hello, and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected, and it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our god, our body, and I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection, so the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses, things like synchronicities and coincidences, or just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm very excited about my guest today because she has a little bit of a shared background as I did in pharmacy. And when I was on the um, edge of leaving pharmacy, everyone thought I was a little bit crazy. So it's really great to talk to someone that has at least somewhat of a shared experience. Plus, she has so many more insights about about life, about functional medicine, about, um, you know, everything that that goes on energetically, spiritually, physically. So let me just introduce my guest. So today I'm talking to Dr. Lara May. She's an advanced practice clinical pharmacist that specializes in functional medicine and energy medicine. She has worked in emergency rooms and adult adult acute care for a decade, counseling nurses, doctors, patients, families about medication regimes and maximizing treatment outcomes. Due to her own personal struggle with her health, Lara started studying and practicing Reiki and energy medicine in 2014. Her passion has since grown from Band-Aid medicine into empowering women to truly heal themselves on the physical, mental, and spiritual levels. Now, as a functional medicine specialist, Lara has expanded her coaching practice to encompass intuitive healing and functional medicine together with the intention of powering the healing of her clients on multiple levels to restore their health and happiness. To restore their health and happiness, Lara moved to Lake Tahoe after completing her residency in clinical pharmacotherapy in 2009, and in her spare time is an avid backcountry athlete enjoying enjoying snowboarding, snowbilling, hiking, trail running with her two hound dogs. Hopefully we get to hear the hound dogs today. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Dr. Lara. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So there's so much I want to ask you, but let's just jump into the juice, because like I said, I don't often get to to hear the story about um, what how you went from clinical pharmacotherapy to the energetics and where you are now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. I It all started really with my own health struggles. I um, was diagnosed with IBS at the ripe old age of 23. 
and (laughs) um, pretty much ignored it until my early 30s when my body wouldn't let me ignore it any longer. And I also have had chronic migraines since around the age of 18, 19. So um, those two things started to become more frequent in terms of their flare-ups and all the tools that Western medicine was giving me weren't really helping. And I um, refer to Western medicine sometimes as Band-Aid medicine because we treat the symptoms, but we don't um, often get to the root cause, which is what functional medicine does. But um, so I, in search of wanting to feel better, you know, um, at the worst point, I was lying on the floor of my hospital pharmacy in the middle of the night with a debilitating migraine. And that wasn't the first time. And so I thought, you know, and then after that, I had a 70 mile drive back to my house. So I had to do something. I couldn't continue in this cycle that I was in. And um, so I just started looking for other tools and I found functional medicine and I found Reiki about the same time, both as um, uh, it's obviously started as me being the patient, me being the client. And then it evolved into me being more curious after I started to see um, some drastic shifts and changes. And um, yeah, so I just got curious and started studying and practicing and thought, well, I think I can do this and I can help other people. And, you know, getting to the root cause, both physically and energetically, was really what um, shifted me to that lasting uh, wellness feeling and pathway you know, because both are fantastic in and of themselves, but I, you know, we're energetic beings having a human experience. And if we ignore that energetic and spiritual piece of ourselves, then I think that's what perpetuates this feeling of disconnection and um, the sometimes just indolent unhappiness that we have throughout our human and Western lives. And um, that's not, it's not necessary. It doesn't have to be that way. And there's a path through and a path to the other side. So that's the the short version. <laughs> but, so were you in Tahoe at the time? Did you find local practitioners there or did you have to go elsewhere to, to learn about, first of all, to have your own treatment and then to learn about it so you could start teaching it? Yes, I was in Tahoe at the time. Um, I was working 70 miles down the hill towards Sacramento, Mm. but um, living up here in Truckee in the Lake Tahoe area. So I was lucky enough to be able to find both my energy um, tribe and the functional medicine practitioners up here. So what do you suppose is at the root of some of this? How did you go about healing this then? So what's the root of the functional medicine or the energetics that you did? So... For me, I found that there were a lot of foods that I was eating and I'd been eating my whole life that I didn't know that I was sensitive to that were really probably causing that root inflammation. Um, Looking back on it now, I probably, and now we know that IBS and IBD are considered an autoimmune disorder. So that's very much stress mediated, meaning the stress in your life, trauma, um, anxiety, depression, that whole um, connection between the gut and the brain can, is really what drives a lot of these autoimmune conditions that in Western medicine, autoimmune is something that we don't really understand. 
But in functional medicine and energy healing, we know about these connections throughout the whole body with our thoughts and our mind that drive inflammation. And depending on where we store it and how we process or don't process, that's how it develops and shows up in our body symptom wise. So for some people, it could just be anxiety, depression, um, um, mental health problems. And I struggled with those too, um, throughout my life. So, um, I'm not, you know, like speaking about this as someone that's never experienced that just so we're all clear. (laughs) Um, and, but, you know, I think for me, I was working at a greenhouse when I was 23 and, um, there were a lot of chemicals that we worked with. And so I think the combination of stress and chemicals is what really drove this um, inflammation state forward for me. And even after I got out of that uh, work environment, I still had high stress. You know, I um, started pharmacy school when I was 26, graduated when I was 29, went straight into residency and then into my career from there. And so um, and then, you know, working, being a shift worker, that's stressful on the body even though I convinced myself that it wasn't because I was a good sleeper during the day. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and I think this is just part of Western living. Like we just live in this state of stress that we convince ourselves that if we have food on the table and we're paying our bills and everything looks good from the outside, then what do we have to be stressed about? But really, you know, we still need to be real with ourselves and be gentle and loving and say, you know, it's okay to acknowledge when you're unhappy and when you're stressed and that it is affecting your life. Wow. And that it doesn't have to continue that way. So can I, let me ask a question about shift work real fast, because in this 24 hour society we have, and especially in hospitals and hospitality industries, we have to have workers all night. Is there a way to manage that? So it's not hard on the body. Do you think? Um, I think there is, but it's just, for me, I did it for, um, all total. I did a stint of like a year and a half and then I took a break and then I went back to it and I did that work for eight years. So that's a long time. And I, on, and I think men have an easier time with it than women because men don't have the hormone cycles that we do. Um, I still think it's hard on the body. I think if you can set yourself a good sleep schedule and have good sleep hygiene and not overindulge in the caffeine, then it can be less inflammatory, but it's just, our bodies are not designed to be up all night. We're supposed to rise with the sun and go to bed with the sun or, you know, sunset. So um, that's why I think, like I said, I'm a great daytime sleeper and I can train myself to do that. But after so many years, it just took a toll on my body. Um, and I can I can go into more detail about how yeah. it did that. But <laughs> right, right. That, that's not this phone call. But I just find that <laughs> interesting because I know, you know, a lot of people need to do that. So so how yeah. does our mind and, and our thoughts create disease in the body? What what's the link there or, you know, how does that happen? 
So it all starts with a little quantum physics. So I'm going to bring the science and the woo-woo together for us today. Yay. You know, um, <laughs> matter can neither be created nor destroyed. And all of our thoughts and our speech have energy. So everything we say and everything we think carries a vibration, which is energy. And if energy can neither be created nor destroyed, then our thoughts and our beliefs and our actions and what we say to ourselves creates that energetic vibration. And if we're, especially if we're saying it things to ourselves in our mind all day long, then we're internalizing that vibration. So if we're saying things like, um, you know, there's some sayings out there that, you know, FML or life is hard, or, you know, I have to work hard to get ahead in life, or I'm fat, I'm ugly, any of these things, uh, that vibration is internalized. Mm. And, and that becomes what we're perpetuating in our life, unfortunately. So it's, so that's the connection is that energetic piece that it is, um, it is energy. And so in order to shift beyond that, we need to start first being aware. Awareness is always the first step and the key, the first key to change. And the second step is um, being willing. Hmm. Or with a non-judgmental lens, I call it being the objective detective and being gentle and loving with ourselves. So the low vibration that we're internalizing when we're saying all these terrible things to ourselves, the, uh, our body is just matching that vibration in ill ways. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so I think that we all have a tendency to store things in different parts of our body. So okay. for me, I can say that like, even as a child, I remember bef every year on my first day of school, I would be sick to my stomach with nerves. Right. And so I can say for me, I internalize things in my abdomen, but for others, maybe it's in the heart. Um, for other people, maybe it internal, it materializes as back pain or um, maybe like a chronic knee injury. So it's interesting where we unconsciously put these things away in our body. But once we start to investigate, okay, well, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Also, what symptoms are coming up? So um, when I first started studying this connection between the energetic and the physical, I actually I went through it um, with the chakras. That was sort of like my first layer okay. of figuring out. So, you know, we have these energy centers in our body, the um, yoga and um, Indian traditions and Ayurvedic traditions call them chakras. And that just means spinning wheel. So we have these spinning energy centers that go from our feet all the way above our head, actually below our feet to above our head. So and each of those, again, it has its own vibration. And so with each vibration, we can start to, in order to, you know, a lot of people want to bring their chakras back into alignment. Well, what does that mean? Well, to me, it meant like diving into each energy center and just see what was coming up. Start asking yourself questions. You know, what am I feeling in my root? What am I feeling in my sacral chakra? When I think about the different meanings of these energy centers, like the word power or the word self-esteem or uh, the word sensuality or the word groundedness, what comes up for me when I think about those things and writing it down and 
just starting to get to know yourself, what you're thinking and looking at it on paper and saying, well, are these things that I really believe or are these just things that I've been telling myself or that someone told me that I decided to perpetuate? And so that's where the power comes in because we get to choose what we think. We get to choose what we believe. We actually even get to choose what we feel. And, but we have to do that with a level of consciousness and intentionality. Right, right. So then if you're being intentional about this, is it possible to reverse a chronic disease or a chronic illness that someone's had for a while? Yes, yes, I think it is. And I've, I've seen my clients do it. Um, That's why but it also takes shifting some of the physical things you're doing in your life too. Because like, like we all we know that our outer world also influences the inflammation that is creating the chronic disease. So um, Mm. the energetics, I feel like are an integral part. And then the physical aspect is also an integral piece, like figuring out what are you sensitive to? Are, you know, are all your nutrients up and replenished or are you deficient in some nutrients? Do you have a toxic load that is keeping you like chronically suppressed? Right, right. So what about an acute injury? What if I go out and I sprain my ankle or, you know, um, is there a way that this can help that as well or that perhaps caused it in the first place? Um causality that's interesting i think that we can manifest things for ourselves and i think we can um self-sabotage unconsciously mm-hmm. i definitely think that is real and happens yeah. but i wouldn't say that every single injury or every single thing is is you know manifested or you know right. we, quote we brought it on ourselves i i don't right no not not across the board But, um, you know, it's interesting, the more I learn about the energetic world and, and, and how we operate as energetic beings, things like Mercury and retrograde seem more like superstition to me. Yeah. And I say that lovingly because I also, you know, explored astrology throughout this path that I've been on. But when we say like, oh, Mercury retrograde, that's why my technology is not working. Oh, or Mercury retrograde, that's why this pattern with this person's coming up again, or even within myself, that's why I'm going through this again. Well, maybe you can attribute it to that. But when you when we say that, we're really giving our power away. We're saying yeah. that we're powerless to this cycle of Mercury retrograde, right. which is not true at all. So maybe it's coming up to show us that it's time to take responsibility for ourselves and clear it and heal it. And so we don't have to keep going through it. Um, You know, so it's coming back so we can have awareness around it and then do something about it, take action in our lives. Nice. All right. That makes sense. So for you personally was, I know you were battling your own health issues and you were exploring things, but was there a defining moment when you were like, yes, this, I need to help get this information out there. Um, I think really it was, a again, it was a culmination of the two okay. together. Because for me, it was a parallel path. So I was going through the healing protocols with my practitioner, my functional medicine practitioner. And at the same time, taking Reiki classes and practicing and and getting to know myself. And so... 
Um, I think really like when, after I had been probably like going through this journey for about nine months is when I started to consider becoming a practitioner and really starting to help other people. And nine months isn't that long, but I had such a drastic improvement in my health and feeling better that I started to explore what it would take, like, can a pharmacist even be a functional medicine practitioner or what are some other pathways? So I actually started by attending the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and becoming a health coach first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so because I thought, well, that's really approachable. And I know I already do a lot of this with my clients or my patients in the hospital already. I talk to them about food in conjunction with their medicine. So this just seems like the natural next step. And then once I completed that, then I started to explore a more in-depth education in functional medicine specifically. And that took me about two years to complete that program and that study. All right. So you went to IIH. Um, What do you, can you tell the listeners, is there a link between what we eat and the health of our body in, in general, even if we think we're eating healthy food or, you know, uh, humanely raised, you know, just everything. There's so many, there's natural, there's humane, there's organic, there's all these different categories for all of our foods. And then of mm-hmm. course there's sugar pops on the, on the grocery <laughs> store shelf as well. How does our yeah. food affect our health? So our food is definitely a factor in our health. And unfortunately our governing bodies provide us with information that doesn't guide us forward in the best way possible. And that's the most gentle way I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) So when we're talking about like for the longest time, they, there was the food pyramid, right? And what was at the bottom of that food pyramid? Grains, right? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Grains, bread, carbs, all the things. Well, now we know that most of our grains in this country have been genetically modified. And if they are not genetically modified, then they have been sprayed with tons of chemicals, Mm -hmm. which does not get processed out as the grain gets processed. So that in and of itself, like even if you're a person, and I believe most of us are not born with a gluten sensitivity, but in the United States specifically, because of the type of food and big, we call it big food or big ag. And really though, it's an influence by chemical companies and subsidies from the government. So it's not simple, it's complicated picture, but we develop these sensitivities over time because what we're eating is so inflammatory. And so that's why I really encourage most of my clients after we do their sensitivity testing, I see most of my clients do have a gliadin or a gluten sensitivity. Mm. Uh, So I have them eliminate that, excuse me, for the first 30 days. So usually when I work with someone at the beginning, it's a 90 day process because I feel like that's the amount of time it takes people to really start to see uh, a lasting change. They'll start to feel better within that first 30 days when we've eliminated a lot of the inflammatory foods. But then to keep it going and to help it be sustainable for that person once they leave me, because I don't ever want to create a codependent 
<laughs> you know, relationship right. with any of my clients. You know, right. I like to see them heal and move on. Right. So yes. So the short answer to your question is yes. What we eat can either create health or it can create illness. So let me ask a reverse question about our mind and our thoughts creating our illnesses. So if we are doing everything that's good for our body, eating good food and, um, you know, taking care of it, all of that, do you think that helps create a change in our mind or in our thoughts or in our energy and our spirituality at all? I think it can help because we'll start, we'll feel better. So as soon as we start feeling better, regardless of which end it comes from, it only takes a tiny little crack in that window for the light to start to come through. Right. Mm, and right. so when we open ourselves up to the possibility, to the willingness, and we start to start to like believe that change is possible, believe that feeling good is possible believe that we can be energetic and vibrant every day, all day long without caffeine. Yes, I promise it's possible. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm drinking say, water, water here, by the way, this is wa a water mug. So, <laughs> um, uh, and I don't mean to beat up on caffeine, but you know, um, too much of a good thing is detrimental. Right. So um, yes, it, even if we just start from maybe um, the energetic or the meditation or the mindfulness side of things, we start to feel better. That can help with the so-called motivation it takes to do some of the physical things. And um, I say so-called motivation because I think uh, motivation in itself is short-lived. And so it's that in internal uh, reward that we start to receive when we, again, start to see the benefits of the change that really carries us forward. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that we only have about 15 minutes of willpower before we need to be replenished. So so yeah. do you have any tips or steps that the the listeners can apply today to start on their healing journey if if they feel like there's something wrong or they have an illness? Sure. The first thing I would say is um start to be willing to be aware and start to just, again, ask yourself those simple questions. If you're curious, if you're having a symptom, give yourself that time either in the morning or right before bed, or even in the middle of the day, whenever you can find it to start, start to ask, okay, what am I feeling in my body? Let's give it some words. Maybe we'll give it some colors. Maybe it has a temperature and just start to explore that. And then when you open yourself up to that, your intuition will start bringing you other awarenesses. <clears throat> maybe it'll bring up a memory or maybe it'll bring up um, a reminder of an experience that you had. And don't discount that. Write all of it down because it is all connected. And I would also suggest finding someone to work with, at least at the beginning stages, until you get your baseline of, of tools and what's going to work for you. Um, there are a myriad of practitioners out there that work also in a myriad of ways. So whether it's just with coaching, whether it's life coaching or health coaching, or maybe you want to take it to more spiritual right away and find a Reiki practitioner or, um, some sort of spiritual counselor to work with. So, um, yeah, I would say start with that awareness and that willingness mm -hmm. and so much can change just in that, that little shift. That's really important, isn't it, is allowing the time to be aware. Sometimes we don't even sit quietly long enough 
without all these distractions to to listen to our body or to listen to you know the divine wisdom of our body or you know of the one of anything so yeah yeah thank you for that yeah do you have anything that you wish everyone knew something we haven't talked about that if you could only get through to everyone in the world right now what do you want them to know um I want everyone to know that all carbs break down into sugars. <laughs> uh, I've been on a mission lately to help people diabetes or type two diabetes. Oh. And especially being again in the Western medicine world still, I see so much information and I see what we feed our patients in the hospital and it's carbs. And we think, well, as long as you, you know, you can have this many carbs and then you give yourself this amount of insulin and it's fine. It's not fine. If we stopped with the large amount of carbs that we have every day, whether it's fruit or bread or pasta or crackers or anything else, if it's a carb, it breaks down to sugar and it raises your blood glucose. <laughs> That's it. That's a good one. That's a very good one. So I just have to follow up on that. I know this isn't a necessarily a nutrition podcast, but is there a difference between whole grain and uh, refined grains? So if I eat whole grain pasta, is that better or worse? Or is it really insignificant in the overall picture? It's significant in the amount of inflammation, but it all comes down to the same when it comes to your blood sugar. Okay. So that will, the whole grains will still raise your blood sugar. Okay. All right. Um, so yes, if it's organic, whole grain, non-GMO, great, because it's less inflammatory. Okay. But let's not eat that every day. And that's the thing is my whole approach is moderation and an awareness. So, you know, like maybe most days we have um, some clean meat and some vegetables and that's what we eat. Keep it pretty clean and, and low carb. And then, you know, maybe once or twice a week, you can have that if you want whole grain pasta with, you know, a wonderful homemade tomato sauce and fresh basil and all the good things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I, yeah, thanks for pointing out there is a difference between the inflammation and the blood sugar because there's a lot of blood sugar issues going on out there as well. So, yes. Uh, well, and high, I'll just say this too, high blood sugar, consistently high blood sugar causes an extreme amount of inflammation throughout the body. So oh. now we know that a consistently high blood sugar can actually increase your cholesterol. So blood sugar is most likely your, your culprit of high cholesterol, not the fat that you're eating, unless you're eating, you know, like canola oil all day long and French fries and hamburgers that will definitely raise it. But Mostly it's high blood sugar that can cause high cholesterol oh. because it's inflammatory. And so the same with heart disease, the culprit can still come back to high blood sugar. So it's important to really figure out if you're going to the doctor and they're saying you have high cholesterol, it's time to put you on a statin. Ask questions, ask, what is my blood sugar? Ask, what is my HbA1c? If those are normal, then then, okay, then it's time to start looking at at a, at a different pathway. But if those are elevated too, then I would say the first thing that you want to start with is decreasing the amount of carbohydrates that you eat on a daily basis. 
get that blood sugar down and inflammation will start to reduce and your body will start to heal itself pretty quickly. Nice. I can attest to that. And I need to go back to that eating plan. So I, for quite a while, I was eating just a little bit of carbs in the morning and vegetables and protein the rest of the day. And I felt better. I looked better. And so you're, you've inspired me to to <laughs> jump back on it because I kind of fell off over the holidays and with company in the house. Anyway, so thank you for being here. What can you share with the listeners? Where can we find you? Of course, I'll post links in the show notes, but do you have any special offers you want to tell anyone about or you know where to find you? Sure. Um, my website is drlaramay.com, D-R-L-A-R-A-M-A-Y.com. And I have several little free eBooks. There is a um, an eBook there about how to break your sugar addiction. There's um, also some about clean eating uh, three. I think it's a three day paleo clean eating uh, plan. That's for free on my website. If you want to sign up with a for a discovery session with me, that's also free, 20 minutes. Um, you can go to tahofunctionalmedicine.co. That's oh. .co. And um, you'll come to a page that has a bunch of different buttons, but all those buttons take you to a calendar. Oh, so nice. you just click on what is most applicable to you. I have a bunch of disease states and different health goals on there, but they all go to a calendar and that will um, send you directly to a discovery session with me. So um, those are the two things I would suggest people do to find me. I'm also on social media at Dr. Lara May, D-R-L-A-R-A-M-A-Y. And you can always DM me with questions. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've I've learned a lot and I've, I guess, was reminded of a lot that I might've known at one time and forgot. So appreciate your time here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Right. I yeah. enjoyed it. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone. And I hope to connect with everyone later. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.